Hey guys, it's Michelle, Leah, and Brandy, and this is Spooky Shit and Tales from the Beyond. And today we are talking about serial killers, <gasps> but particularly lady serial killers. Ladies out there, this one is for you, <laughs> but Good don't God. get any ideas. All right, so let's get started. <laughs> So I'll be talking about Marianne Cotton, uh, sometimes known by the nickname The Black Widow. We'll be finding out very soon just how well-deserved that nickname is. She is believed to be Britain's first ever female serial killer. Her crimes completely flipped the perception that women were, quote, kind and gentle. Her murder spree is believed to have taken the lives of up to 21 people. Unlike their male counterparts, women serial killers usually target those closest to them for some financial gain. <laughs> they don't attack aggressively or by sexual means like men might, but rather quietly and indecisively making sure to leave no mess behind. This is just some people, by the way. My story is going to be... This is going to be opposite. Yeah, mine too. Not very quiet. I'm, I'm just saying statistically fem okay. female serial killers are... It's usually for like some sort of financial gain or for attention, actually. And in Mary's case, she killed her victims by poisoning them with arsenic. Yikes. Mm-hmm. So let's take a step back for a moment and try to imagine what it was like to be a woman in England during the 19th century. Or anywhere, perhaps. <laughs> 19th century means 1800, guys. Don't forget. I know it can be confusing. Back 19th century might be 1900. No, it's 1800s. 21st century man, he's from... 2000s. 2000s. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's 22nd century man. Fill the future. Fill the future. <laughs> So, anyway. I'm so confused. What it's the fuck? Kill the future. Oh, the He's a 22nd show. century uh, man. Alright, so, in England in the 19th century, single women or widows were allowed to own their own property and possessions. But as soon as they married their property and all their money and everything they owned, pretty much, and kind of their rights transferred to their husbands, married women were no longer able to sign any contract nor write her own will. Whoa, that's weird. They essentially ceased to exist at that point, <laughs> and the only value they really had was bearing children. Yikes. And housework, obviously. Um, but after all this, all this information about when you get married, why would you even get married at this point if you had any property or any values? Well, for some, it was possible to stay single and live by their own means. That's only for some. But for most people, most females, marriage was a necessity to keep a roof over their head, and put food on the table. They're, like, if you even had money, you would probably not be able to afford England on your own. Shit. Yeah, so. You had to find a man to help support your life, which is unfortunate because you pretty much gave up all your everything. rights at that point. Yeah, <laughs> everything you have, but, yeah. yeah. So this was especially true for middle and upper-class upper women. For these women, not only was marriage an expected duty, but society prevented them from earning their own living. So if you were upper, uh, middle or upper class, you literally could not find work for the most part. <laughs> this <laughs> meant that they were damned to a life unavoidably dependent on a man's income. So you see, being a woman in the 18th century in England was far from what it is today. And that is exactly the reason why Marianne Cotton went on, to kill, went on her killing spree. She did whatever was necessary to make life comfortable regardless of whose life she had to take god damn mary side note i don't know if she goes by mary ann but for the rest of the story i'm just gonna be calling her mary it's just it's shorter it's shorter it'll, it'll save a couple minutes i don't know a couple <laughs> minutes of just ann ann yeah ann 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 all right so 
Marion Cotton was born on October 31st, 1832. Bitch old. Your girl was born on <laughs> Halloween. Oh, I yeah. didn't even notice that. And that's never a good sign, to be honest. Oh, that inspired mm-hmm. killing. She's a witch. <laughs> she was raised by her two young parents in Northeast England. At the age of nine, her controlling father was killed in a mining accident. How very 1800s. Right? <laughs> Within yeah. weeks of his death, her family was evicted from their home. Shit. They lived in, like, a, a mining town. You mean his home? His home, yeah. <laughs> Since he wasn't there to pay for the rent, they got evicted very yeah. shortly after. Mary's entire perspective shifted, and she came to realize just how bad a life in poverty really was. No she swore, shit. yeah. <laughs> she swore from that day forward that she would do whatever it took to find wealth. In 1852, at the age of 19, she got pregnant by a minor named William Mowbray, who was 16 years her senior. She, however, lost that pregnancy to miscarriage and actually ended up miscarrying four more times. Whoa. Yeah. So she ended up being besides herself in grief and only blamed herself and her body for the failed pregnancies. Also, that was sort of um, a trend in the 19th century that whatever's going wrong, it's probably the woman's woman's fault fault. the guys always were pretty much off the hook they were the one making the money so it's always (laughs) woman's fault that's so dumb yeah that was actually a thing Mm -hmm. yeah so in 1856 which is four years later she finally gave birth to her daughter margaret jane two years after that her daughter isabella was born unfortunately mary felt the pressure of raising her two daughters pretty much on her own her husband had gone off to sea to work on a steam vessel and was gone for months at a time Mary felt extremely overwhelmed and lonely. Her first daughter, Margaret Jane, mysteriously passed away at four years old due to, quote, scarlet fever. But knowing what we know now, it's likely that her first daughter was her first victim. (gasps) Oh, shit. It's never confirmed, though, if uh, her daughter had scarlet fever or not. But scarlet fever, the symptoms can be pretty close to arsenic poisoning symptoms. So it's assumed that that's the first victim of her. So one year after that first death, she gives birth to another dar- darling. Darling. <laughs> <laughs> darling daughter. One year after the death, she gives birth to another daughter who she recycles that same name, <gasps> Margaret Jane. Uh, what? <laughs> I know, I know. There's Remember so many other family, names out there. They could only afford one name. They could only afford one name. <laughs> so perhaps thinking ahead, Mary took out a life insurance policy on her husband and the next baby they would have. Believe it or not, in the 19th century England, it was actually super, super common to take out life insurance on newborn babies because the infant mortality rate was so high. Yeah, it wasn't sure. un- Yeah, it wasn't unusual for babies to die at birth. It, it really wasn't weird to take out life insurance on babies the day after they were born, just in case yeah. they died. Yeah. And obviously they don't do this anymore, probably because people like Mary abuse the system. But her she first- She it for everyone. She did. <laughs> her first son, Robert William, was born in 1863 but was doomed from his first breath. (gasps) By his first birthday, John had become grimly ill and ended up passing away Mm. by, like, a fever, pretty much. He was having fever, Fever. stomach issues, diarrhea. Mm. Mary had been dutifully bottle-feeding him small doses of arsenic for weeks. (gasps) Sad, huh? That's some, like, Sixth Sense vibes. Yeah. She's, like, trying to get attention. She's like, my sick child. I feel like a, a lot of movies and TV shows, they've had the same situation happen, and I wonder... If they're all inspired by Marion Cotton. Because I've seen that in so many movies where mm-hmm. the parents are slowly Actually, that's like a whole child. thing. It's something disease where you're like... You want them to be reliable on you. Yeah, and yeah, you like make up that they have health issues to make you feel more important. Yeah. Or just making them sick. Mm-hmm. 
I wonder if that came from Marion Cotton because possibly. I mean, yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting to know. But um, the son's official cause of death was gastric fever. Its symptoms eerily similar to that of arsenic poisoning. In 1865, her husband William finally returned home for good. Uh, just a reminder, he was on that ship for months at a time, and he came home with a hurt foot, which pretty much made it so that he was unable to work and he was best read, ridden all the time. And Mary, your girl, was really pissed off because she's all about having wealth and having money, and the fact that he wasn't able to work anymore. Guess she she's she's she immediately useless. saw him as yeah she immediately saw him as a burden and she's like I need to get rid of this guy <laughs> so within two weeks of him returning home he died of arsenic poisoning from arsenic poisoning or no none even so gastric none fever. of it's gastric fever none of this is confirmed arsenic poisoning we only found out later when oh. a lot of the bodies are exhumed when they catch on to her okay um, and immediately after Mary collects the life insurance money. Uh, which is only about six months worth of wages, but it's good enough for her to get a fresh start in Jump Cities. New husband. New husband, <laughs> yep, and new kids. So, Mary, oh. along with her two daughters, moved to a new town, but within four months, the family shrinks. The second, Mar- the second Margaret Jane, only three years old, died of apparent typhus, or poisoning as we can assume now. Her other daughter, Isabella, only seven at the time, is sent to live with her grandmother. Having no children weighing her down, Mary moves on to her next victim. She meets an engineer named George Ward while she's working as a nurse, and they marry shortly after. He's a he's a, a patient at the hospital she's working at. Okay. So, as it turns out, she finds out after she marries him that her husband was lying about being an engineer, and he's only really a laborer, so he's not bringing in very much money. Ooh. And this obviously infuriates Mary, who only values having a wealthy husband, and she wasted literally no time in taking out life insurance policy on him immediately after finding out and poisoning him to death. I like how they weren't even suspicious. She, like, took it well, out, kills him the next day, and they're like, meh. Good thing she took it out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe it's because how often she's uh, moving towns, nobody gets super familiar with her. That's yeah. what I'm guessing. She, she always knows to leave before anyone catches on. True. And um, at this time, too, a lot of, like, the general public... She was the first serial killer, so they had no idea that women could be capable of such things. Oh, yeah, like, they were so always stupid. seen as, like, <laughs> gentle, docile, bit harmless, that they wouldn't do anything like this. So it was really unheard of to be poisoning and killing your family. Like, yeah. Not a thing. Well, women in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially back then. They're like, mm-hmm. we can't do it. Yeah, they're like, like you're, but she's the lady. They're yeah, she's a lady. <laughs> she wouldn't kill me. But your girl Mary was scheming. So, like before, Mary skipped town and landed a job as a housekeeper for James Robinson. James was an extremely wealthy, he was actually wealthy, and widowed ship shipbuilder. Ooh, ship, 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 ship builder. <laughs> what the? All right, anyway, on with that. <laughs> You'd think I would know how to say ship after last week's episode, but I guess not. It wore off. It wore off, <laughs> the magic. It's been a whole week. <laughs> it's been a whole week. So, sounds just like Mary's type. He yeah. is wealthy and vulnerable. Um, Oh my god, I'm struggling with this paragraph. Okay, so... Her role around the house consisted mainly of caring for James' five children. As expected, I know a lot of kids... And also, in um, the 1800s, it was very common to have a ton of kids because you didn't expect most of them to survive into adulthood. Brutal. I know, it's sad. It's really sad. So a lot of families would have a ton of kids. And they all survived, they're like, oh, fuck. I yeah. have a ton of kids. <laughs> and, that's, and that's what I'm saying, too. That's why it was so common to take out life insurance policy on your kids, because there was a good chance that not all of them would make it. 
not a lot of them wouldn't even make it into like childhood they would die um in infancy jesus i know so as expected within her first month of arriving james youngest baby son dies of gastric fever Oh, I know. I joked about her killing all the kids, but sad. When yeah, so happens. when I was first um, reading about Mary, I was like, "Oh, this will be a more tame one." Because when we were deciding on the episode, because you had that internalized sexism thought of women wouldn't do it that bad. Well, yeah. So I, I had that that thought. Well, when we were first talking about doing a serial killer episode, we all kind of agreed. We're like, "Oh, we don't want to do anyone cannibalism or necrophilia, anything too brutal and too graphic." Yeah, so we decided on that, and we're like, oh, I'll I'll do something more tame. But as I read Marianne's story, like, more and more deep, I was like, this is actually really fucking sad. She was murdering so many of her own children, the ones she was supposed to care for. Turns out serial killers aren't that tame. No, I'm I'm not. (laughs) I just mean I I didn't want something gory, you know? I didn't want something graphic and, like, where you'd have to be... Where pretty much our viewers would probably want to mute us for a minute to listen. Yeah. This one is more tame compared to, say, like... Mine. um, Okay. <laughs> yeah, compared to like Jeffrey Dahmer or someone like that. But still, regardless, it's really sad that she was just killing away her kids. It's so fucked up. All right. So, James' baby son dies of gastric fever, and she knew that she would have to marry and methodically kill off his children, and then him if she were to receive the kind of wealth she dreamt of. Oh. Yeah, methodically. She really had to like strategically plan out the order in which she killed Jeez. the kids and when. Grieving and vulnerable over the loss of his baby boy, Mary made her move. She came pregnant with James's child and held power over him. Her deceptive plans were put on pause when she got the news that her mother was deathly ill of hepatitis and was urged to visit by her stepfather. And just as her mother... Oh, so Mary went to visit, and just as her mother started to miraculously recover from hepatitis, she began to cl- complain of severe stomach pains and diarrhea. Of course she did. And, yeah, sounds like arsenic poisoning. But just nine days after Mary had arrived, her mother had died. Damn. Yep. Right as she started to get better, too. Should have never invited her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. She killed her own mother, though. Like, that's a new low. That's not as bad as killing your it's own children. And it's all bad. Yeah. All bad. She really, like, she has no, like, no, I don't know, what do I want to say? Feelings. No, like, sense of remorse. No, not even that. I'm just saying... It's not just for the wealth. Like, why would she kill her mom? She got yes, she a bad well, person. Cause, like, she didn't even <laughs> get money out of it. Way, though. Yeah. Oh yeah, she never. Yes, I guess so. Marianne Khan would kill people who she thought were a burden. Yeah. But we can't forget that Mary's daughter Isabella was under the care of her mom. <gasps> that oh. she just poisoned to death. So that means that Isabella was now the new burden, and she came to live with Mary and James' family. And soon after that, she also died of gastric fever. Aww. Following that, two of James's ch- two of James's children also seemed to have caught the fever. They both fell ill, and Mary tended them, feeding them hot tea and soup, which we can only assume was poisoned with small doses of yeah. arsenic. And all three newly deceased children were buried next to each other. Jesus Christ! Jesus. Like within a month, all three of those kids died. Oh my God! And I feel really bad for James. Almost mm-hmm. all of his kids. So, at six months pregnant with James's baby, James finally marries her. Um, oh, they weren't even married They yet. weren't married yet, <laughs> but they wanted to legitimize... Legitimize? Legitimize? Wanted to be mm-hmm. a legitimate baby. Yeah. Not a bastard child. <laughs> so, it also seems slightly inappropriate that he marries her right after bearing all those kids, but I don't know. I don't know how it was in the 19th century, I guess, having um, 
a baby out of wedlock was no good, but also having a baby after bearing three kids seems no good. I don't know. Just put some, like, fake deep quote about finding joy after all this darkness. Yeah, some, some <laughs> shit like that. So she gave birth to another daughter. Guess what her name was? Did she recycle for the third time? Isabel? Margaret? No oh, fucking Isabel way. Robinson. Ooh, what the she fuck? She recycled two of her dead kids' names. Not even one. Two of them. Oh, three technically, because remember, two Margarets died. Yeah. One Isabel died, so that's three dead kids' that's names. That's so weird. Yeah. Ooh. And unfortunately, the new baby died within weeks of her birth. Her oh symptoms my. are eerily similar to that of arsenic poisoning. How could you even want to be pregnant and then have to give birth, especially knowing that she could have even died. There's high morality, mortality rates for the well, mothers the, just the re- to kill it. The reason she she does that, she gets pregnant, is so that the guy, um, the that baby daddy can marry her, and then yeah. she can get the life insurance from the baby, but mostly from the man when she ends up killing him. Shit. <laughs> so she gets pregnant again, and they end up having a son who they name George, who miraculously survives all of this. He was one of the only children yeah. to survive. And at the time, James, her husband, begins to notice Mary stealing money, running up debt, and even forcing her stepchildren to pawn off their valuables and give her the return money. Oh, God. And she finally ends up... Uh, this is pretty much the... What is it? The, the nail in the coffin? What's that? What the, <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back. I'm just not going to say it, to be honest. The just, final nail in the coffin. The final straw. Okay, okay. The final straw in the coffin. <laughs> So, the nail in the coffin was when Mary suggests that they take out life insurance policies on the entire family. And yeah. James becomes very, very suspect and kicks her out right away. He's like, why do we need to do that? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I, I think at this point you realize, like, everything Mary touches is dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, the fact that she's suggesting, hey, let's get life insurance, he probably is realizing she might have something to do with this. Um, luckily, um, he keeps the baby George, saving him from his mother's cruelty. George is the only known biological child of Mary's who survived her. Shit. But his other son survived, right? The husband? Oh, the stepchild? Yeah. Yeah. So, now 37 years old, her looks beginning to fade, she quickly (laughs) remarries widower and minor Friedrich Cotton. I love people describing people in their 30s back then. It's not Frederick? Frederick. I don't know. Frederick? (laughs) Frederick. Frederick. I don't know. Freddie. Freddie. She marries Freddie Cotton. And also, it's kind of ironic because at um, some point, she said that she would never move back to a mining town and marry another miner, but her last husband and the one who she gets the name from is a miner. She needs that money. Yeah, she's <laughs> desperate at this point, I think. She really thought that her last husband was going to be the one that she would get... The jackpot. Uh, yeah, get the jackpot on, and then probably she would stop her killing spree, but... Luckily, luckily, really uh, her last husband caught on to it. He saved um, his and his kids' his lives. His remaining families. Yeah, his remaining. There wasn't very many left. So, Freddie is a. So Freddie is the brother to one of her childhood friends. His sister had been living there as a caretaker for his children since his wife passed. But with Mary's new arrival, the sister and also Mary's friend, it's just another obstacle to tackle. Ugh. She ends up dying from a stomach ailment. <clears throat> poison and the death only draws the vulnerable freddie closer to mary so she literally killed her friend she met her friend's brother married him killed the friend who was living there taking care of the kids that's crazy yep and boom suddenly she gets knocked up and marries him repeating old patterns mary takes out life insurance on her husband and child in the midst of the new marriage mary connects with an old flame joseph Natris. 
And Joseph had, um, he was somebody that she was having an affair with before at an early time in one of her marriages. It just didn't seem relevant to bring up until now. It's a plot twist. It's a plot twist, yeah. So, okay, so when they were having the affair earlier, Joseph also had a wife. Um, it, it is believed that Joseph was Mary's, like, true love, like, the other guy she was using for money and killing them, but she actually really loved Joseph, and he ended up, he ended things because his wife got sick, and just, sick. <laughs> she sure. actually got sick. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she ended up, then he ended up, he ended the affair with her, and turns out that they reconnected, and his wife had died, so he was pretty much back on the market. Oh, and Mary had this, oh, shit, I need to get rid of my husband so I can finally be with my man, <laughs> Joseph. So, in 1871, her husband, Freddie Cotton, died of apparent typhoid, <clears throat> arsenic poisoning, uh-huh. and her old friend moves in, or old flame, and he moves in as a lodger, which is pretty much somebody, uh, like a man who lives in your house who pays your rent. Also, can I get a lodger, please? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. And then she gets pregnant. Um, but we all know that the expectations of living with your love are far from the reality. So... She quickly becomes disappointed in Joseph and sees him as another burden, oh, along with her two stepsons and biological son. So she does what she does best. She murders them methodically, Jesus one Christ. by one. And within just a couple months, she had killed her lover, her son, and one of the two stepsons. Wow. For some reason, though, the second stepson wasn't dying quick enough for Mary. She wanted to get rid of him, and the poison wasn't doing the trick. So she tried to ask a parish, parish official... Parish official? Sure. Yeah. Thomas. <laughs> I was like, how do I pronounce it? Thomas Riley, if her stepson, Charles Edward Cotton, could be placed in a workhouse. Unfortunately for her, if she wanted that to happen, she'd have to accompany him. She ominously tells Thomas Riley that Charles is sick and, quote, I won't be troubled long. He'll go like all the rest of the Cottons. Uh, and Thomas is like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> so he immediately goes to the police and tells them, he's like, you need to check out this uh, Marion Cotton lady. She said something super suspect She's earlier. Really weird. And just days later after that, the stepson Charles passes away. Oh Four days gosh. later, I believe, after the conversation. Just as she had predicted. Because he was so sick. Because she's psychic. Also, <laughs> if, if your stepson is sick, why would you put him in a workhouse? You know, it's just all suspect. She's she just trying to get rid it. of him. So as it turns out, Mary's first visit after the stepson's death was not the doctor, but the insurance office. Uh. There, she discovered that no money would be paid out until a death certificate was issued. And the reason the death certificate wasn't issued at the time is because um, the official went to the police and they put a pause on the death certificate because oh. he she pretty much told them suspect. that she was being suspect. Yeah. An inquest was held and a jury returned a verdict of natural causes in his death. Mary claimed to have used arrowroot arrow to relieve his illness and said Riley had made accusations against her because she had rejected his sexual advances. Oh, God. Yeah, so she pretty much tried to say, you're only mad at me and turned me into the cops because I wouldn't sleep with you, which obviously isn't true. She's trying to save her neck. But it wasn't until the local newspapers latched onto the story that Mary's true nature finally came to light. A report surfaced that Mary and Cotton had moved around northern England and had lost three husbands, one lover, a friend her mother, and 11 children, all of whom had died of stomach fevers. So immediately after that, they exhumed Charles' body, and as expected, the test showed that he did not ha- that he did in fact have arsenic in his system. Damn. So I made an error before. I said the child that she had with James, um, the baby boy they had that ended up staying with her husband, James, I said that he was one of the only children to survive. Um, 
remember at the time that she uh, gets convicted she's pregnant so actually that child survived so two of her children two of her 13 children survived so i made a mistake there but two out of 13 not two out of 13 not not a bad percentage (laughs) so they uh, and i believe also they end up exhuming a couple more of the bodies like a couple more of the kids and maybe one of the husband and they all have traces of arsenic so then they realize like oh she's uh, serial killer. I don't think that term was coined at the time, but they're like, oh, this lady is a ravenous murderer. Yeah. Um, so her trial is postponed until after she gives birth to her 13th and final child. Guess what the name? No. Stop. It's another girl. Margaret. Edith. Isabel. No. <laughs> Just Margaret, but I, what is that? Her third or fourth Margaret? Fourth. Fourth, fourth Margaret. Dude. Fucked up, huh? Fucked up. My girl, Damn. you just need to think of some other names. Like, oh, it's just all wrong. She's not even but trying. she survives. This Margaret finally survives. So she had one surviving boy and one surviving girl. One surviving Margaret. Yes. One, <laughs> at least one of the Margarets made it. <laughs> so the Times correspondent reported on 20th, the 20th of March. Didn't say the year. This isn't in the 1800s, by the way. This is like a newer article. <laughs> Quote, after conviction, the wretched woman exhibited strong emotion but this gave place in a few hours to her habitual, cold, reserved demeanor, and while she harbors a strong conviction that the royal clemency will be extended towards her, she staunchly asserts her innocence of the crime that she had been convicted of. I thought that was a strong quote, so I just want to include it in. She <laughs> thought that woman. she thought that they would believe, like the the state would believe her, and they would give her clemency. But <laughs> she was like, no. she was too deep in. She was. <laughs> I mean, they they literally exhumed a bunch of bodies, and they saw the arsenic. Maybe it was just ten kids. But the eleventh, dude, it was over twenty people, yeah. three husbands, and even her mom. Like I don't, I don't understand. So then, on March twenty fourth, eighteen seventy three, Marion Cotton was hanged by the deck to death. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! What did I just say? Did hanged. I just say hanged by the neck to? No, you said hanged to, to the neck. Hanged by the deck to the neck. <laughs> I was so Dude, I'm on my last paragraph too, and I I, I got so close. I wanted to delete that, but it was kind of funny. So I'm gonna re- I'm gonna retry that. So on March 24th, 1873, Marianne Khan was hanged by the neck to death. Okay. I got it. I got it this time. <laughs> oh, and also um, a detail they mentioned is they didn't set. So when they dropped her with the rope, it wasn't high enough, so she like strangled to death. And they think they did they. People think that the officials did that on purpose. So I mean, she I suffered. can't blame them. I mean, yeah. Okay. I would be like... So, her murder spree had finally caught up to her. And only two of her 13 children had survived the month they called their mother. And finally, what, she was only in her early 40s, Marion Cotton finally got what she deserved. Dang. Rotten Cotton. Rotten Cotton. <laughs> Rotten Cotton. That was another nickname. I, um, I got a lot of the information about Marion Cotton from one of the podcast Serial Killer series. And the title they have is Rotten Cotton. So I, I, like fig- I figured I should reference that. I don't think it was a nickname most people would call her, but they use it there. So, and it just seems like a good way to end it. Rotten yeah. Cotton. So, yep. Rotten that's cotton that's, that's your girl Mary. <laughs> okay, so my turn. I'm going to be talking about Elizabeth Bathory. Bathory. I'm going to say Bathory. So... Countess Elizabeth Bathory was a Hungarian noblewoman way back in the 15 and 1600s. Whoa. Yeah. She was also a really shitty person. So she holds the title of being the most prolific female murderer by Guinness World Records. Oh, no. Yeah. She has been given the nicknames the Blood Countess and Lady Dracula. 
Oh, and she was a woman in power? She was a... Um, yes. Noble woman. Yeah. Would you say a countess? She was a countess and a noble woman. So she was probably... Hungary. Just, I'm going to guess she's going to start executing people all the time. Let's see. <laughs> so... She's going to drain them of their blood. Yeah. Let's see. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> so, Bathory was accused of torturing and murdering hundreds of young women with the help of four accomplices over the course of 20 years. Damn. Hundreds? Hundreds. No one knows the Was she looking for something? Or was she just no. doing it for fun? <laughs> you'll you'll she, see. She's what was, a really shitty yeah, person. Yeah, what's the motive? Yeah, she's a shitty person. So, the exact number of girls killed by her is unknown, but the highest number cited at her at a trial was 650. Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, all of them were killed? Yes. What? That's the highest number. The lowest number was like 30 or something. That's mm-hmm. still a lot. I know, people. still a lot. That's a big range. Mm-hmm. She probably had at least like 100 then. Yeah. So, side note, her accomplices were also her servants, so there's a decent chance that they were just afraid that they would be tortured and murdered, yeah. so they helped her. They pretty much got Call forced. Like cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, time for a quick background recap of her life. Elizabeth Bathory was born in 1560 to a well-known family with many powerful family members, including her uncle, who was the king of Poland at one point. She suffered from seizures as a kid, likely caused by epilepsy as a result of her parents' inbreeding. Oh, I was just about to say, Michelle, you had seizures when you were little. I had a seizure. And then, and then they said parent inbreeding. I'm like, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that means like her parents were inbred or if her parents were related and she was inbred. It was probably a long line of inbreeding at Probably that time. a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I guess back in the day, two of the treatments for people suffering from seizures included rubbing the blood of someone who didn't suffer from seizures onto the lips of an epileptic. Or giving the epileptic a mix of a non-sufferer's blood and a piece of skull once their episode was over. Isn't that how they still treat it? A piece of skull? I don't understand the piece of skull. Is it like uh, you use like a pestle and mortar and like grind it? Or do they like drink blood? Well, like what skull? (laughs) A a non-sufferer's skull. (laughs) How the fuck? I don't know how they got the skull. That's some voodoo shit. It's fucking weird. So... I'll get into this a little bit more later because it's an interesting theory about it, but it's not super relevant yet. Allegedly, she was also trained by her family to be cruel as she would witness family members and family officers brutally punishing people. So she was engaged by the age of 10, (laughs) but didn't actually get married until she was 15 to, ready for my pronunciation here, Ferenc Nadesti. Was he an old guy? Nasty. No, he was... Nasty. Nasty? (laughs) He was 19 at the time of their marriage. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like a 35 year old. Four years older? Yeah, four years older, which is still kind of old when you're 15 and he's 19, but I was expecting like a 30 year old. Yeah, but for the time period, that's great. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) It's admirable. Yeah, it's admirable. So together, they ended up having four to eight kids. (laughs) I couldn't find a super accurate number that was confirmed because some of them may have died when they were young. Yeah. Um, I also read that she may have had taken on, may have taken on different lovers while her husband was away on trips. Mm -hmm. So dramatic side note, she probably had an illegitimate child when she was like 13 with some random boy that they gave up for adoption, I guess. I imagine that would have been quite the scandal back then if anyone found out. Like a a Jon Snow? Yes, very. One story goes that once her fiancé heard about this, he had her lover castrated and torn to pieces oh, by dogs. Oh, my God. Whoa. So he would have That's been... brutal. He would have been a 17-year-old. He was like, cut off his dick and kill him. Wow. I mean, 16-year-olds can't be And, and we were just saying how admirable True. he was. <laughs> Not anymore. Not anymore. 
So, in January of 1604, her husband died at the age of 48. Are they going to say 14? I was like, he (laughs) aged backwards? No, I'm just skipping 30 years. (laughs) A jump? Yeah, a little jump here. So, her husband died at the age of 48 of an unknown illness, and they had been married for 29 years. Fun fact, before he died, he entrusted his children and Elizabeth to Georgi Thurzo, who eventually led the investigation into her crimes. So, what do you mean by entrusted? What does that mean? I don't know. Probably because they're like, you're a woman and children. You need to take care of them. Okay. So, (laughs) almost like their godfather in a way. Yeah, except for she was probably like the the same same age. age. (laughs) But she was a woman. She was incapable. Docile. She She needed a protector. I know. Whenever you're talking about serial killers being docile, I was like, just wait a second. Yeah, but but (laughs) even in yours, it's pretty much, she, after her husband died, he... He pretty much put a man on the job because he thought his wife wouldn't yeah. be able to survive Just on her own. Just sexist misconceptions. <laughs> yeah. So between 1602 and 1604, some little rumors started going around town that Elizabeth Bathory was killing young girls. <sighs> it said that she started out by killing servants between the ages of 10 and 14 who were daughters oh. of peasants and needed to make good money. Later, it said that she started killing the daughters of the lesser gentry who were sent to her by their parents to learn courtly etiquette. Oh. There were also some abductions that were reported, believed to be by her or people helping her out. Maybe her little servant accomplices. So, I'm going to go through a quick list so you guys don't have to think about too much, but these are some of the tortures. Oh, no. Skip a minute. I'll try to say it fast. Oh, no. So, some of the common ways were by severely beating them, burning or mutilating their hands, biting the flesh off of their faces or bodies, and (gasps) freezing or starving them to death. It was also mentioned in court that she may have stuck needles under their fingernails and their lips or in other parts of their bodies. Trying to talk fast. Some other ways people suspect her of hurting these poor little babies is by burning them with hot tongs and placing them in freezing water and covering them in honey and live ants. She did some other stuff, too, that I'm not going to go into. These are probably the worst of them. Oh, my God. What uh, a fucking bitch. Fuck, she's Yeah, she... <laughs> this is why... She, this makes, is why, she makes Marianne Cotton seem like an angel. I know. Whenever you were saying, like, all your docile things and how they don't do it in violent ways, and I was like, uh... Jeez, <laughs> what is her reasoning? Uh, is I'll, I'll get to some people's theories, but I think she might have just been... Like a psychopath just wanting to hurt yeah, people? Yeah, she's just not a good person. Uh, many people also think she was a cannibal. And I gotta say, I agree with that. Michelle, didn't I mention, I was like, we, we agreed we're not gonna do cannibal stories. And Michelle's like, she was a cannibal. But I'm not gonna go more into it. Okay. That that one paragraph, I think, is the only, like, really violent parts I'm mentioning. Yeah, okay, great. So, and I only, I tried to do it as fast as I could. I put in a one little paragraph instead of spreading it out so people could skip it. Yeah. So, a local Lutheran minister had made public complaints against her based on these rumors, and he even told the, a court in Vienna, but it was the late 16... It was the late... It wasn't the late. <laughs> but it was the 1600s, so the Hungarian authorities didn't even begin investigating until 1610, a full six to eight years after the complaint was made. Hmm. So, the year that year, the king assigned your boy mentioned above, Thurzo, to look into the claims. He got two notaries to collect some evidence, and they were able to get testimony from more than 300 witnesses. Whoa. Damn. The witnesses included people who believed their relatives had been killed by her, people who said they saw signs of torture on bodies, and two people even reported that they had witnessed Bathory torturing and killing young girls. Oh. There are even some reports of people seeing her private diary where she kept the number of victims written down, but it's never been publicly shown and could have been hidden or destroyed or could just not be a real thing. But that's where they got the 600 number. Wow. 
It should also be said, though, that most of the witnesses said they just heard about the killings from others and hadn't actually witnessed it themselves. Just a select few. Were they able to talk to the servants who were part of her crew killing yeah. and torturing? Yeah, I get to that soon, okay. too. So, Elizabeth was eventually arrested along with her accomplices. There's different stories about how she was arrested, whether she was just casually eating dinner or that the arresting officers... I call them arresting officers because I don't know what they were called back then. Hmm. I don't know if they are like... Cops. They're like the fuzz. The fuzz. <laughs> so the fuzz caught her. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, yeah, they don't know if I've heard stories of her just eating dinner and they catch her, or they caught her ran- red-handed while she was in the act of torturing someone. Oh wow! Regardless, this bitch went to jail for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So on some of the sources I read, it claims that the arresting officers found physical evidence of her crimes, including mutilated, dead, dying, and imprisoned girls. Oh, damn. The servant accomplices confessed to helping commit the crimes, but they confessed while being tortured. So, who so knows? So, how true is that? Yeah, how accurate that is. I'm sure if you're being tortured to a certain point, you're just going to say what they want you to say. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then after they were tortured, they were then executed. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So, they got they got them to say what they needed to hear, and then they killed them. Yeah, basically. Damn, they, they It's weird, though, because they executed them knowing that they were witnesses, too. And they didn't execute her, I'm guessing. We'll get to it. Not yet, at least. Literally the next sentence. Oh. So, (laughs) given that she came from such an influential and powerful family, Elizabeth was not executed and never even went to trial. (gasps) Thurza was able to convince the king that basically it would cause too much drama if all this went to trial, and I think there was a little bit of politics playing into this decision, but regardless, she was instead basically placed under house arrest. She was kept in a room that had the windows bricked up and only had small vents for air and food to reach her. She was confined to this room for four years until she died in 1614 at the age of 54. She was initially buried in the castle's church, but people were pissed about that, so her body ended up being moved back to the home where she was born. Nice. Well, yeah. So she got boarded up like Rapunzel? Yeah. But I also read one thing that in, like, the last few years, she was able to wander around the castle. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, that's like very much like the celebrities who are um, on quarantine. Yeah, in quarantine, like we're in this together in their, in their mansions. mansion with the bowling alley. And she's like, oh, under so house arrest in my Hungarian palace. Oh God, what am I ever gonna do? <laughs> so there's a lot of rumors and legends around Elizabeth, and one of them is that she was basically a vampire, not a literal vampire, but. Vampire tendencies. Wait, can you could I? Say. Okay, can I tell you what I'm thinking? I'm. Um, what was the name of the vampire group in Italy in Twilight? The, Vol- the Volturi oh, or something no. like that. I'm just imagining she looks like that with her, her like four, her four she servants in the red capes. Them. She inspired Twilight. <laughs> she inspired all vampires. Okay. This little vampire hobby of hers supposedly started when she slapped a servant out of anger and got blood on her skin. When she wiped it away, the skin looked fresher and younger. She would then kill these girls to bathe in or drink their blood and keep herself young. But, in Leah's words, mind you, this theory theory wasn't really put out there until after she'd already died and around the time that people were like super afraid of vampires for whatever reason. Some historians think the reason the vampire story spread were because people just found it super impossible that a woman could just be murderous because they wanted to kill people. Yeah. They're like, there must be a reason. Wow. I know, it's even you. Like, you were like, well, why'd she do it? And I was like, I think she just wanted to do it. She's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. Side note to this, though. 
aren't vampire facials like they use the uh-huh. plasma to make you look younger and stuff? Yeah. So I don't think that that theory could even be too far off. If she like, I don't know, if she had like little cuts in her skin and it got in like the plasma, it could have made her look younger. Maybe. Um, Maybe I, it gave her that fresh pink tone. Exactly. <laughs> she loved it. Fresh face. There's also people who believe Elizabeth was innocent and was accused of all these crimes as a political ploy, but honestly, getting into the Hungarian politics was, like, too much for me, so that's what I'm going to end it <laughs> you on. You, like, don't even know what the police officers are called. You're like, what, the fuzz? I know, the 1600s. I was like, I mean, I don't really want to read all about the politics there. The, the knights? <laughs> the knights arrested her? Yes, the knights coming in with their swords <laughs> the noble, and armor. The noblemen. <laughs> yeah, that's... That's um, Elizabeth Bathory for you guys. Well, she seems very docile. She's <laughs> yeah. lovely. You're like, they usually do it in a not violent way. And I was like, oh. Michelle's like, hold, hold my uh, beer. <laughs> hold so my cherry coke. Yeah, so you don't drink Hold beer. my cherry coke. Brandel's time to shine. Yeet. Here we go. Okay. Hello, Brandy. Hi. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hello, my voice got really high. <laughs> you okay? You're like, hi. Hi. I just want to apologize in advance. You know, my pr- pronunciations. Ooh, great start. <laughs> great, great fucking start. My pronunciations are horrible. Pronunciations. <laughs> she. What did Leah say oh. earlier? Uh, hang by the deck to nest. <laughs> <laughs> We're all struggling today. Except for Michelle. You know what I always do, though. Mine sounded a little too rehearsed, though. I was trying not... And as soon as I said the mind you, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have even put that in there. (laughs) All right, so I'm going to talk about Juana Barraza. Ooh. Can't roll my arms, but it sounded good. Good enough. (laughs) It's better than me and Michelle would have pronounced it. Uh, Try. (laughs) Uh, Can I see how it's spelled? (laughs) Okay. Juana Barraza. That's pretty good. Thank you. But I can't roll my R still, but... I can't either. I asked my mom to say it a bunch of times. I was like, Mom, how do you say this? Okay, anyways. She is a former Mexican professional wrestler and serial killer dubbed La Mata Viejitas, which means the old lady killer. Oof. Mm. Oof, but that gives it away. (laughs) So what kind of of victims would she kill, Brandy? Young men. You'll see. (laughs) I I have no idea. (laughs) Juana Barraza was born on December 27th, 1957. She was born in Epaso, Yucan. I think that's what you say. All right. Ilgado, Mexico. Ooh. She was born to a woman named Justa Sampirio. Sound very confident about that. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say anything about her dad. Um, But it says, Justa, her mother, was an alcoholic who reportedly exchanged Juana for three beers Mm. to a man who repeatedly raped her in his care and by whom she became pregnant with a son. And it doesn't say anything about how she was, but I'm guessing young, young, Mm -hmm. like to the point where your mom can sell you, you obviously are still on her control. Yeah. So a minor for sure. Yeah, definitely (laughs) under 18. I say a common thing with serial killers, regardless of if they're male or female. Most of them have fucked up pasts where they're either yeah. physically abused or sexually abused. Not all, but... I was like, mine is just a fucked up person for no, no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them are just psychopaths. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned mine. I put that her father was controlling, but her father was abusive too. So oh. it's it's very common, but that's fucked up. But yeah, I couldn't really find anything like about her personal life. Because mm-hmm. when you search her, it's just 
the murder. Yeah, the murders. <laughs> but like even then, like on Wikipedia and stuff, like there wasn't much. All I could find was that she had a total of four kids, and was married to this guy named Miguel Uros, mm-hmm. and they were only married for two years recently. Oh, and from twenty fifteen to. 2017. A prison. Oh, yeah. Were they they married when she was in prison? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I'm like, what? Wow. This is very recent. I wonder why they got a divorce. She's already in prison. Like, why even get divorced? You may as well. Why why even get married? Yeah, that's That's true. (laughs) Sounds like a ride or die, but I guess not. Only for two years. I guess. Um, So now I'm going to talk about her profile slash MO. We got a little crime scene investigator here. Hell yeah, I love those shows. Um, all of Barraza's victims were women age 60 or over, many whom lived alone. Oh. She would bludgeon or strangle <gasps> them to death, sometimes both. Oh. Wow. That's crazy. After killing them, she would rob them. She was, she's vicious. Bro. Just rob them, dude. Right? You're like, wrestling. Just knock them out wait, of can I, can I ask, was this during her wrestling career? Was she making money at the time, or was... Do you know? I think it was after. Oh, okay. Because so it was the thrill. It was more like she was wrestling when she was younger. Uh-huh. I'm not yeah, too I sure. wonder if she was doing it, it I because didn't... of, like, her aggression, and she wanted to, or she was doing it for money. Or both. Because it almost feels like maybe the money is an afterthought. Maybe. Did How many people did she kill? Or are you going to get to it? I'll get there. Okay. Sean and I get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Literally, it's like the next sentence. It's, we're like interviewing you. Like, how many people did she? I don't know. What's the MO? <laughs> uh, for police, the investigation was pretty hard because they lacked a lot of resources in Mexico, like budgets and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were actually he- heavily criticized by the media for oh. dismissing evidence. Like it came out, it all came out after, of obviously, course. but. Like, just because they're a mission. Yeah? What are you even trying to say here? Mission? Investigation. <laughs> mission? You're like, they're no. mission. Because <laughs> <laughs> their investigation was all over the place. At first, they thought they had two killers. And then, because of some witness- witnesses, they were like, oh, no, it's a, a man dressed up as a woman. Mm. I was going to say, there's no way they believed it was a woman initially. <laughs> and, then, and then it's just no, a really yeah, they, buff chick. They, they, they thought it was a man dressed up in women's clothing. Instead they of thought, thinking it's a woman, they thought it was yeah, a man dressed in women's yeah, clothing. They thought it was just, um, like, that's that's how he got into their homes. Wait, God. was she really buff? She I'm was, like, a masculine yeah, okay. looking. Because she had really short hair, and she was, oh, like... Oh, so they could have they said, the witness saw it from afar, they could have actually yeah, yeah. thought it was a man yeah. dressed up. Or they could have said, it was a woman, and the police were like, it must have been a man with clothes. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Women either. wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, but because of, like, they thought it was, it was a man, like, dressed up as a woman, I guess they were, like, harassing a bunch of transvestites, oh. prostitutes. And even the media wasn't mad about that. Cause they were we, like, do we say transvestite? Is that not a thing? Yeah, I mean that's back then. Yeah, it was. back then. It or was. like crossdressers. Yeah, yeah. But like, I guess the media was like super mad because they're like, you wasted so much time doing talking that. to the wrong yeah. people, harassing the wrong harassing people, harassing the wrong uh-huh. people. Just wasted time. It's the straight woman you gotta be really afraid of. <laughs> Leah, looking at you. <laughs> She's the only straight woman. <laughs> Anyways. Police caught a huge break in the case on January 25th, 2006. Oh! Yes. That's a long time. A hell a long time. When did she start again? 
She, this, the killings they said were started in the late 1990s mm-hmm. until 2006. Oh, fuck. 16 so, years? Yeah. Dang. She was gone for a while. Thank you for doing the math because I was trying to figure it out. It right was now. just 10 plus 6. <laughs> Thank Brandy. you so much for doing the math. Brandy is not good at numbers, Michelle. Come on. I usually am. Good but thing not... you count so much at work. Anyways. On this day, Ana Maria de los Reyes Alfaro, age 82, was strangled with a stethoscope. Stethoscope? Stethoscope. I'm trying not to giggle when you just told me about an 80-year-old dying, but stethoscope. <laughs> I just can't pronounce it. She got killed in jail? Who? Wait. What? No. No. Oh, this is one of her victims. Yeah. My bad, guys. My bad. This woman, the murder did not have that long of a name. Yeah, <laughs> she just had two days. And I'm also, eight, 82 when she was born in the 50s. Oh my god. Actually, almost. Oh I'm sorry. <laughs> I need nah. more coffee today, I think. Clearly. Juana Barraza, 48 at the time, was detained as a suspect after being seen leaving Ana Maria's home on the day she was murdered. God, finally someone catches on. <laughs> it is safe to say many were shook that it was the silent lady, which was her former uh, wrestling name. What a oh. creepy wrestling name. Right? The also Silent extra Lady. creepy knowing she kills people. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Did you ever watch any of her wrestling videos? No. We should watch after this. I feel like it'll be eerie knowing she's murdered. Uh, imagine yeah, how crazy. much it would suck to being able to live through everything, make it to your 80s, and be strangled to death. That's sad. Such a bummer. Yeah, Anyways, Juana Barraza was arrested carrying a stethoscope. Pension forms and a card identifying her as a social worker. Oh, that's really sad. So was she actually a licensed social worker or was she just pretending? I'll get there. Prosecutor said that fingerprint evidence linked her to at least 10 murders out of the 40. <gasps> she was suspected of doing between 42 to 48 <gasps> Oh, shit. So many people. Yeah. Damn, your guys has made Marion Cotton seem like an angel. <laughs> you were like, so much. And I was like, 600, bitch. <laughs> yeah, and Brandy's like, Four, at least 40. <laughs> at least 40. Marion's like half of that. Like well, that, I mean, they found evidence at at least, like, she, 10. They know she did 10 for sure. Yeah. Or technically well, 11. Well, Mary, Marianne, yeah. she was only accused of one. <laughs> so, 10 is a lot. It is said that the mate, mate. Mata Vejitas confessed to murdering the like one she was caught for and three other women but denied involvement in all of the, the other, other 36. Kids. Yeah. <laughs> and like they don't really have any information. They just have like the names of like all the women she mm-hmm. murdered, but like there's no information on them just because like of their resources. Like they That's never... really sad actually. It is. Oh. And they only have like the information for the last one she killed. Wow. Like how she died and all that because on the other ones, like it just has their names, but it doesn't have so any. So the one she was caught for, that's really yeah. the only victim. That's crazy. It, yeah, I was like, that sucks dude. to be murdered by a serial killer and you can't even, like, people won't even hear about you. <laughs> I mean, they'll hear your name, okay. but, but they, they won't, won't know, know about yeah. you. Yeah. Barasa was tried in the spring of 2008. The prosecution alleged that she was responsible for as many as 40 deaths, like for sure. Fuck. That they, like, linked her to. Oh, my God. She had said that her motive was lingering resentment regarding her own mother's treatment of her. Oh, that's her motive. Yeah. Wow. I did not expect that at all. 
I thought she was. Just... I guess that makes sense from her childhood, but I thought maybe it was for money or. Yeah, these old women didn't sell you off. It's not their fault. <laughs> right? So on March 31st, 2008, she was found guilty on 16 charges of murder and aggravated burglary. Burglary? Burglary. Burglary. No, I'm saying it wrong. I don't know if you said so common. Burglary. I'm, I'm not even going to try to help you because I think I'll fuck it up too. Aggravated Michelle, burglary. aggravated? I know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and then it's a burglary. Wait. Wait, how do you say it? Burglary. Aggravated burglary. Yes. Nice. Thank well, you, Michelle, Michelle. It's a very easy word. No, it's not. <laughs> That's a hard word. I'm, do you not hear me struggling right it's now? Burglary. My face is so hot from embarrassment. Don't be You're so embarrassed right now. I'm so, I'm so, so upset. You're fine. <laughs> so she was convicted. Found guilty on those 16 charges, including 11 separate counts of murder. God and damn. was sentenced to 759 years in prison. I love it when they do that shit. It's so right? unnecessary. They're like, a thousand I mean, years. That's who it is, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. And I just wanted to, like... Where she met her husband of two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's currently serving time at Santa Martha Acadilla. What's the name prison. of the prison? A prison. <laughs> And is 62 years old right now. Oh, wow. She's still not that serving. old right now. No, she's not. Wow. Well, she was only 48 the, when she got arrested. Okay. Uh, the authorities believe that Juana Barraza was brilliant because she was a psychopath who felt no remorse. Mm-hmm. They also thought she had a brilliant mind because she was so clever and, like, careful. Like, she would hardly lift They're just saying evidence. that because they weren't able to catch her. She's like, yeah. she was mm-hmm. the smartest of the bunch. <laughs> Because they um, were trying to catch her. Yeah. They were sucking at their job. Yeah, for real. It wasn't after. They were like making up all these excuses. Very funny. If she wasn't such a genius, <laughs> we, we would have convinced her. that she was a man forever. <laughs> <laughs> they think she associated her elderly victims with her mother and believed that she was helping society by killing them. Mm. Like that was her justification. Or she was just a psychopath who wanted Did to kill Did she kill, kill yeah. her mom too? Did she ever speak to her mom again? No, it doesn't say anything. She, she probably might have never, never saw her again. Yeah, yeah, I think she just never saw her again. And how did you find people in, like, the 60s? But yeah, know. pretty much she <laughs> posed as a government official who worked in social mm-hmm. welfare. Aww. So she had, like, a whole card and would go. That's, That's really sad. That's, yeah, it is. That's how she would, like, get into their homes, by, like, posing as a social worker. I used to never having anyone inside ever again. Mm-mm. Not that I ever would. Wow. Yeah, it's really sad, because it's, like... You know, they're old. They you live really... that long, it sucks to be taken down by a fucking murderer. You know what's interesting? I mean, any age. About <laughs> all of our stories, the victim pool was different for all of them. Like, Brandy's was older people, elderly women or men or both? No, just women. Elderly women, and then Michelle, it was young women, and then mine, it was um, babies, children, and then husbands. Some of mine were children. I oh, say yeah. defensively. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm saying it's it's interesting no, yeah, it's how ours are all different and stuff. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I had assumed that most were gonna be doing the killings for money, but turns out some of them are just psychopath vampires. Yeah, it's kind of funny how even though we criticize these people for having those views of women, maybe internally we have them a little bit too. That's oh. my little food for thought this week. Wait, I don't get it. <laughs> what? <laughs> You know I, what I think, though? There is a lot more female serial killers out there, but they're just too smart to get caught. 
That's yeah. what I'm saying. They don't or leave people trace. are like in denial about them being able. Maybe to do yeah. It. They're still mm-hmm. there's still that like sexism and yeah. Like, nah, they can't. That's they're something not smart men enough do, to yeah. do that. Yeah. So what I was saying, Leo, was even though like in all of our stories we criticize people for not believing that could be the woman, like we have like maybe internalized thoughts because you thought that it would just mostly be for money and stuff, or that it'd be like all attention. This... Yeah. yeah. It's just weird how. We internalize things like that. That's true. And you don't realize until you, like, yeah, talk about it. Until you're like, oh, God, I'm stereotyping. Yeah. Stereotyping yeah, a serial crazy. killer, so I feel less bad, but. <laughs> no, it is crazy to think about. Okay, um, well. You don't know the links, uh, Leah. I'm not. I'm just going to say something else. And I lost it. I lost my thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm just going to say, don't be sexist if there's a female serial killer out there. She's not docile, my guy. She's dangerous. Yeah. Leah's point of view has really changed in the last hour. My, I'm honest. I'm honestly, my so, brain is so I rattled. I opened the conversation by talking about how women are viewed as docile and most women only will become serial killers for money or for attention. My whole fucking view has just changed. Yeah. They kill just because they fucking want to. Oh my God. Maybe back then it was like that. Well, Michelle's was from the 1500s. You're right. And she was killing you're young right, girls right, right. either to be a vampire and be young or, or just for she fun. Wanted to. Yeah. Okay, well, Michelle, you can you can take it off okay. or finish her off. Put her in the guillotine and yak her off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so if you... If you want to follow us on Instagram, it's Tales from Beyond Podcast. If you want to email us, it's Tales from Beyond Podcast at gmail.com. We have a website up now. Oh, what? Yeah. Thanks. I didn't show you guys Thanks yet. Thanks for telling us, <laughs> So, Tales from Beyond Podcast.com. It has links to all of our episodes, whatever. Robert, we're trying to very hard. So, shout out to our producer, Robert. Yeah. Uh, so, let us, like, email us if anything's wrong with it. He said to do that. Um, and our Twitter is spooky underscore beyond. And stay spooky. Don't be sexist. Remember, women are murderers, too. Stay know. safe. Stay safe. What, some, a, what a PSA that if, was. If somebody <laughs> comes up to your door and you don't recognize them, don't let them in, probably. Yeah. Be paranoid. Be yeah, paranoid. be paranoid. Catch you on the flippity flip, my dudes. We'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Bye. I'm not going to try to do music today. <laughs>